a thing before you All do right. So let me tell you this little story first to finish off with what we were saying, and that is the story about okay. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes go into the crime scene, and there Dr. Watson is musing about the people and who lived there and what was going on at the time of the scene of the crime and all of that. And Sherlock Holmes is there with his um, magnifying glass, and he's studying, and he's looking. And he, uh, when he begins to speak then to uh, Dr. Watson, he starts telling him what's wrong or what's not there, what should be there that's not there. Okay. What should be but there that's not there. Not mm. there. Or what in the crime scene. In other words, uh, what's associated with it. And this is what keeps surprising Dr. Watson all and on and on is he's trying to figure out what's going on. And Sherlock Holmes is figuring out what's missing. Mm. Okay, so this is also the Dhamma and it's referred to in many respects. One is the arising and the passing away. And, the, and in the beginning, we begin to see the Anisha. We begin to see the changing. But then, as we study the changing or the things that are arising, we also begin to pay attention to the things that are passing away, are dead, are no longer there. You see, if we don't keep paying attention, things can disappear and we think they're still there. Because mm. you're just not paying attention to it. And this is how we get the idea, this is who I am, and we kind of think that we're the same child that we were when we were five or eight or ten years old. And that child that was five is not the same child as eight, not the same child as ten. That we change that fast, but we have the delusion, because we're not looking, we have the delusion that things remain the same, where in fact things are constantly changing. And if you start looking at the dying away and the rotting away process, we begin to see that's not who I am anymore. Mm. That's mm. not me. Now. So it's important to really nail that down to 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 mm. to, to establish that. As if all of the work that we have been doing up to this time and building all of that skills is so that we can start paying attention to what's not there. Hmm. <laughs> because in paying attention to not what's not there, you see. You but there's see, nothing to it. <laughs> you see there's nothing. Well, it's like you see it's like. um. It's like flat out. It's it's like um, uh, what is that? Uh, like you can't argue with it. Like you can't argue with the reality that oh wow, that's not there. Like there really mm -hmm. is progress here. There really is like a progression in the dying mm -hmm. off of of those um, qualities that were hindrances. Okay. Or hindrances. Yeah. Now that's actually um, wait before we do that. Could I please just tell you about one more thing? <laughs> okay. okay. It relates. It relates to this. That's all. I know. Okay. Everything does. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I I didn't really I didn't really cook that much last week. I didn't really do much cooking. 
Okay. Um, so today was the first day I did some cooking while, you know, with this sustained wholesome and stuff. And as soon as I started cooking Domorado, there it was like it was you know how like when you um you open an oven and you go you go and down and it comes out? That's how it was. Right. That's how it was. Everything was heating up. And as soon as I saw, I was I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. I paused. I paused. I went into this room. I sat in my chair. I took a deep breath. Just deep exactly breath. like you and I talked about doing. Yes. We talked about this exactly. Yes. And you went, congratulations. I did Let it. Hear it. <laughs> I did it. And I enjoyed it. And and I acknowledge that a success. No, no you st- uh, go back to the point of you left the kitchen and you went to sit down and took a few breaths. Go from few, there. Yeah, I took a few breaths. And whatever I noticed from the breaths, whatever wholesome thoughts, I acknowledged them. I congratulated myself for them. I enjoyed them. And then I went back and I started well, doing it again. Go back with the thought of this I'm, time I will cook happily. Did you I have said, that thought? I didn't have that thought, but I said this time I will. I'm ready to see clearly. I, okay. I'm ready to see clearly. I'm guarding the mind. Oh, so nice. What a nice relief it is to guard the mind. And I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to. I'm just going to enjoy this. And then there were some moments of success where it was like, here's the thing. When I'm with you right now and we're talking <laughs> and listening to you, it's very easy to focus on my breath and smile and see the water, the jet stream hit myself and then bring myself in for a hug. It's very, it's, it, there's a natural like organic flow to all that. When I start cooking though. You I, go back to the old habit. Yes. Yes. And so it was in and out of that tonight. Okay. Now I, you're right. I'm glad we're talking about this because honestly, congratulations to see the in and the out in and the out. Okay. And the out. Okay. Good. And the out and the out. Yeah. No, in and the out. Yeah. And I was congratulated. I was like, when you're in the heat of it, then you're out of Anapanasati. And when you're in Anapanasati, you're out of it. And you need to recognize that switching by seeing you're not doing it. So when you're in it, see that you're out of the other. And when you're out of it, see that you're in this one. Okay. Okay, so that's that, that, that change in there. But always look for the emptiness or always look for the sunyata or always look for what's not there. What's not there. And so we go in and out of the state, the old state of cooking. Or you could also say that you go in and out of being mindful while cooking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there were moments of it. I was like, I was able to smile while looking at the onions. And I was like, just like I am with you. It was like, there was nothing that was different. And then I start stirring the onions and I'm, I'm stirring them and I'm looking and I'm like, whoa, oh, wait, what, where did I go? What, what, you know, like I came back and then it was like, oh, okay. And I think and I started. What thought that came back? Do you know now what thought it was? It was really, that was the thing. It was challenging to see what thoughts were actually going on. 
It was challenging to see what thoughts were going on. But what I did see was the in and the out. And I think at one point I saw like, this is a mess or you're not doing this right. Or like, this is like, you know, this is all over the place. Things like that, I think, were were like little blips in the radar. But um, I think maybe perhaps when I, I think I started with an expectation. I started cooking and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. All these sustained, wholesome feelings. Oh, man, I'm just going to roll with it. It's going to be great. And, and then the food became important. Yeah. Exactly. When did the food become important? Right away. Right All away. Right. As okay. soon as my knife hit the shallot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You do shallots. Okay, now I know what level of cooker you are. <laughs> yeah, no, I, we really, my girlfriend and I really are into it. We love, we love, because Damarado. No, you don't. You love being good at cooking. Well, yes, but I would say yeah. there's something okay, that's equated with that. Being good at quick cooking for me means that it tastes good. The flavors, the way it hits your tongue. There's, you know, there's okay. four flavors okay. after another. It's delicious. Okay. I love doing right. that. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know. And so you set that up as an ideal that you have to meet. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so all of a sudden, then the food becomes important. When you walked into the kitchen, you walked into the kitchen with the idea that watching what was going on and enjoying this is the important part. And then as soon as the knife hits the shallot, now with the shallot even, (laughs) that most of the people on this program don't even know what a shallot is. <laughs> and at first you called it an onion. <laughs> well, it is a type of onion, but that's yeah. just one that I thought that we'd bring that up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you waltzed in there with the idea that I'm going to be mindful, and that's what we're going to be doing. And as soon as <laughs> that's literally beautiful. As soon as the knife hit the shallot, now all of a sudden, shallots were important. <laughs> More important. Yeah. More important. Precisely. Okay. Yeah. And so next time that when the when the knife hits the shallot, you'll remember this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you'll say, Mr. Shallot, you are not running this kitchen. So, okay, I'm, are, do you have a way, do you have somewhere you're going with this? Because I'm kind of yes, curious. Yes, I do. Yes, okay. we, were, right. we were talking about in the sense of Mr. Shallot here is actually giving him a personality. <laughs> oh, God. If he has a personality, then he really can take over the kitchen because he's already taken over your mind. The importance of it all. I mean, by the way, it's not just the shallot. It was the shallot, the oregano, the smoked paprika, the garlic, the salt. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We work with metaphors here. Okay. Okay. All right. You don't have to be perfect with our list. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, actually, uh, as a side point, which may take a while before we get into the real point, there are um, in NPA, transaction analysis, the followers of Eric Byrne, they have, uh, this was done by Taby Kaler. I knew him. He was a star. He lived in California, but he visited uh, Michigan often because he could make a lot of money because there was a lot of psychologists at university. Okay, so. And he taught about the five drivers and he got the five drivers out of Eric Burns life scripts that are in the book. OK, I'm OK, you're OK, which was the bestseller. OK, so these five drivers actually uh, condition and run our lives almost to the point of this is the mechanisms of destiny. Is this also the five aggregates? No, not at all. These okay. are the way the five aggregates show up. But there is definitely a relationship there. Okay. But in fact, I'll give you the list and we'll look at them just a little bit. There is uh, hurry up, try hard, please me, be perfect, and be strong. Okay. And that we all of them, all of us have all five drivers, but each one of us will have a predominant driver. There was a long argument that lasted for years about are we going to add a, a sixth one? Uh, be careful, but be careful could always be put right back into either be perfect, be strong, but it has the fear element and it and also with the quality of please me, everybody get along. So yeah, mine's try hard point, and be perfect. Right now, try hard is the loserest of all losers. This is the big basic victim who is no longer expecting to win. He just wants to try enough where everybody gives him credit for trying and failing. Because he expects to fail. So he has to work hard at trying without expecting any success. This is not something that you do much at all. This is the bottom line, I think, of the most uh, tragic of all of them. But what you do have a smattering of, um, actually, there's several in there. One is that you have some hurry up. You also have some please me. But the primary one is be perfect. You got to get it right. Yeah. And the last yeah. time that I saw that, actually, I've seen it several times in our conversation, but the last time that I saw it, when you just said, uh, not just shallots, but and then you started naming them one after another just to give me a complete list. Yeah, I was being, I was being facetious. I know, but you were facetious right out of your driver. Yeah, I see, I see. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Good. And it, these drivers actually uh, surprisingly fit in well with the teaching of Patitu Samapada. That in fact, we can say that these drivers are exactly at the place of. Uh, it is part of the Samasankapa and it happens right at the point of contact. And in fact, the word driver and the word contact is um, almost serendipitous except that it's the same thing. 
And so um, let's go back then um, in this and start talking about uh, the, the five aggregates because um, there's a relationship in there going back to metaphor. Remember that we had talk, already talked about the Satipatthana in the sense of the body, the feelings, the mind, and the mind's objects as being synonymous with dirt or, or solid things, liquid things, fire, and smoke. Okay. Oh, no, I don't think we talked about that. Okay, well, that's this, the fire gives smoke, and the smoke is in the air, and the air, that's in your mind. Okay, so the air and the smoke okay. versus the, the fire of the mind. Uh, mind Like Fire Unbound is the name of the book that uh, Ajahn Tanisaro uh, did years ago. Uh, and so this, it's equated, the mind is equated with fire, that in fact we do that in all languages. What do you think the word uh, inspiration is all about? Why do you think in the cartoons they put a light bulb upon someone's head? Okay, fire gives light. This is intelligence. It's all mixed together in all of the cultures. So it's not surprising that the Buddha had that connection also. <laughs> and the product of the fire is light, heat, and trash, smoke. And the smoke goes in the air. And so the uh, the Dhammanupasana is very much like the clouds of one's mind or the smoke that's in one's mind. Say it so, again. Say it again. Body, feeling, mind, and objects of the mind equates to solid, liquid, fire, and air, or gas, and smoke. Okay? And that's the least solid. Okay? Well, this is just a metaphor, and that there, if we take the metaphor and rearrange it a little bit, first off, we can see that this is also the practice of Anapanasati, is so that we can fully get in touch with what is the body, what are the feelings, and what are the mind, and when we get that solid, then we can really see the smoke. Okay. And there is actually a shortcut method, they call it. And the shortcut method is you do not have to get all the way into first jhana. You can see the smoke without getting there. And then they call that dry meditation or vipassana. That's what I've been doing for the past two years. Okay. And you're not very getting very much into the smoke very well because you can't see very well because the smoke has gotten into your eyes. But when you clean your eyes out and can see very well, then you can see the smoke, especially get a bit of distance from it. Well, ah, I would this say that is I not think my I, smoke. This is just smoke. I would say that I think I actually have some pretty great seeing. I can see pretty well. I well, just can't see at pretty so hard. I can't see pretty well stably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not well, yet. All, not right. stable. It's not stable, right? That's because smoke gets in your eye. I mean, yeah. we're talking about the platters here, 1953. 
when your heart's on fire, burning with desire, smoke gets in your eyes. <laughs> so when your mind is burning, it's full of smoke, and then we can't see very clearly. All right. So this is the whole point about cooling things off, letting the smoke settle. And now we can see more clearly as opposed to inspecting the smoke while we're still on fire. That's the difference in those practices. Yeah, you can sometimes see through the smoke, but many times smoke gets in your eyes. But when you settle things down and get it cooled off. So these are all, by the way, just metaphors because we can't, or uh, concepts, we can't really teach it directly. We don't have the language to do that. I understand. All right. So the next point about this metaphor of the Satipatthana is, is that it actually is pointing at something that actually does exist that we can see. All right. So body, feeling, mind, and mind's objects of the Satipatthana is actually a kind of metaphor. But when we talk about the five aggregates, we're actually beginning to see what's really there. There really is a body. There really is uh, feelings. We know that people go around feeling all the time. All right. We feel sensations. We feel um, uh, mental feelings. We feel inclinations. We feel uh, intuitions. We feel all kinds of things. Feelings actually do exist. Babies wouldn't cry if they didn't feel like it. You wouldn't go to work if you didn't feel like it. I mean, let's give it a break. We actually have feelings. Those can be seen. The next point is, is that you are conscious. You know that you would be conscious if you were asleep and somebody threw a bucket of ice cold water on you, especially hitting you full on in the face with it. Would you not know that? I would know it. Yeah, well, if you threw that water on the floor in the next room, would the house know it? In Maybe. a way, but it wouldn't wake the house up the way that it would wake you up. Okay, that waking up capability is what we are calling consciousness. In the Pali, that's venya. We also know that we have the capability of figuring out things, putting things together, processing things, and coming up with things. That kids have ideas. I'll give you an example of one. When I was 10 years old, I discovered siphoning all by myself and was so proud that I had figured out that I could get uh, water to come down a hose from a bucket and fill up the yard. Hmm. And when my dad pointed out that that's been known for centuries, everybody knows that. You're 10 years old and you didn't figure out that it, it was already there. And then you, when you did figure it out, <laughs> you thought that you were the only one who could figure it out. Okay. That ability to figure things out, you have quantities of. We will call that perception. And you know that it exists. You also have memories. You know that you know how to get up out of your chair. 
you know that you know what a shallot is. <laughs> okay. You know that you can remember some things. We're not talking about a perfect memory. We're talking about that there is memory. Okay. We now have the five aggregates. In the poly, that is Kaya, Vedana, uh, uh, Sanya, Vinya, and Sankara. Okay, so perception, perception, the ability memory, to memory, consciousness, consciousness, um, body, body, and feelings. Yeah, you know, there's a body. Go slap yourself. And then you <laughs> wait a minute, that's a hand. <laughs> <laughs> there is some reality. There is physical reality. There's a whole lot of physical reality. But our perceptions of physical reality are often don't match actual physical reality. And the reason that our perceptions don't often match actual physical reality is because the only thing that we have to compare now's actual physical reality to is yesterday's physical reality, which might have changed. And this is why we're so wrong so often is because we live in the past. And what we do by living in the past is trying to make sense out of the pres out of the present moment by trying to compare it to the past. For instance, when I say I see a tree, well, that's because I've got a whole memory bank full of trees. But when I say the tree to you, you create a mental image of a tree, and I guarantee you it's not the tree I'm looking at. It's what you dreamt up based upon yours. I'm looking at a fan palm. You didn't have, I bet, didn't have a fan <laughs> palm unless you've heard this story before. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole reason that um, verbal communication and, um, uh, and sending concepts around one to another is because each person will pick that concept up and analyze it with perception using a different memory base and come up with a different kind of understanding of concept. Isn't that interesting? Okay, that we all uh, are products and continue to be products of our past until we begin intentionally to pay attention to present moment. And if we don't understand it, because we're not comparing it to the past that keep looking and probably will be able to figure it out based upon a series of evidences immediately in the past, rather than going way back in the past and getting things to figure it out with. Okay, it's almost like um, every, having a library and every year uh, they uh, add all the new books on a new floor. So that the lower the floor, the older the books are. Down on the ground floor, the books are really, really, really old. And the ones on the top, but you had to come up to the top to see the, 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 the current books. Most people just want to live in the old books because it's too hard to climb the stairs of right effort to come up and see the latest editions, the latest books. Okay, but when we stay up on the top shelf uh, or the top floor, 
That means that whenever we read something new, we're comparing it to new data rather than really old stuff. And so we begin to now understand that we can layer that Sankara. That rather than going in and getting the old stuff to compare to, we can compare it with new stuff. And that's exactly what we're doing in our practice, that when you say you feel great, you're now storing the feelings of feeling really great. And so next time when you go to compare something, you're more than likely going to come up with a feeling of great rather than the old feelings you had when you were three and four years old. You see where we're going with this, okay? That when we create new experiences, those become our new base. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But when the experiences we have are the same old experiences of the old experiences, then we're just going to come up with just more of the same old thing. Uh-huh. Now, here's the point of this teaching from the Buddha <coughs> is that in the body, there is no soul or self or entity that you can actually come to and say, this is actually who I am. There are a few things in the body that you can not do without. But there's a whole lot of the body that people can do without. An example of that is people will give a half of or a half of their kidneys away to someone else. Another person gets all of his teeth pulled, and when those teeth are pulled, the doc, the dentist wants to keep them for some strange law. But other people, they say, no, I really want to keep my teeth because they're me. They're part of me. They're my teeth. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> my body, my limbs, my arm. But you could lose the right arm and be okay. So that right arm is not you. Mm. And you could lose both your legs right up to your groin. You could lose the groin too and survive. So that's not you. When we recognize that, that's a whole different point of view because we think that we're the owner of the body. That in fact, the ones, uh, people, just as a side point, because it's humorous, when fat people hear about you cutting shallots and onions, their thought is, oh no, onions, I'll never get any ketosis. What? (laughs) Do you even know what ketosis is? Oh, yeah, ketosis. Shallots mm-hmm. <laughs> don't let you have ketosis, okay? Because <laughs> there's that much um, sugar in there. What is ketosis again? Ketosis is when the body goes into the condition where you're actually pulling fat out and using that because there's no more glucose left coming out of the gut. Mm. And so it's a whole new chemical process, and ketosis are the chemicals that are associated with you actually burning fat. And they've got little keto sticks that you can te- you can put into your urine to see that these chemicals are there. That's just a side point. The point so that I really <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the body. So if I like uh-huh. if I slip if I like slip my throat, okay, 
or if I like stab myself in the heart, right? I would, I would kill myself, my body, right? Like it, it is, it is your body to a degree, right? It is my body because I would kill my body. The one How I about inhibit. you're a guest in this body. Mm-hmm. Is a better way. And by the way, we point back to how you started it. You didn't say, what if I slit the throat? Or what if I stab the heart? You didn't say that, did you? What did you say? I said my. Uh-huh. This is the point that I'm saying is, is that we are so identified with the body that we automatically think of it as my body. We naturally attach to it. And yet, if it is my body, then that's very, very close to this body is me. I am this body. Okay. Now, when people have that kind of thought, delusional thought, I am this body, it can be manipulated by those who have enough wisdom to see that manipulation. Let me give you an example of industries, whole industries devoted to uh, ripping off people who have the thought, I am this body. Sex, swimsuits, fashion industry. Makeup, yes. makeup, medical doctors, sure. half of medicine, yeah, cosmetic surgeries, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Good, congratulations. You've just helped me with the list, which means you're now beginning to see that that lie, I am this body, means for, for some people that if I paint this face, then this face becomes that paint and I am beautiful. Right. Without right. makeup, I am not beautiful. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, one's um, well-being then is dependent upon how the body looks. And they go around then having to uh pay attention to things and become fearful about things and worry about things that are really actually not important. Yeah. But we think the body is important because the body is me rather than just saying the body is in a process. It's just a human body. It's a whole lot of fun to watch it show. But I am not the body. But I am inhabiting it, and it is my job to to take care of the body. But I'm not the body. I don't even know who I am yet. In fact, that's not the right question to ask. But what we can ask, going back to that sunyata, the emptiness, is for one thing, I am not this body. Okay, now that does not mean that I can walk out of here and walk into another body. That's magical belief. Some people say, well, it'll take a century or two, but it'll happen. That's still just a magical belief. 
All right. What is going on then is, is the thought belief process within the mind. And that thought process is I am the body. But the reality is that's not true. We're not the body. We had to investigate that to realize, no, I am not the body. That's why there's so many suttas about the five aggregates. And the Buddha actually questions the monks. Are you the body? No, sir, I am not this body. The next one, which is a little bit more difficult to deal with, is I am not these feelings. That is right built into the language. I am angry. I am sad. I'm hurt. Identification with feelings. And look how much effort we put into that. I am these feelings. Oh, poor me. My pity party. I'll get revenge. I've got a grudge. All right, so all of these feelings inside are identified as me. To where, in fact, if you investigate feelings, you'll see how could there possibly be a self in those feelings? And yet it's just the way that we think and feel is that this feeling is me. That I am angry rather than saying, ah, that's anger. Why can't I be the one who sees the anger rather than being the one who is the anger? That's very interesting. Mm, okay, yes, I am not the feelings. The feelings are just what the body and the mind are experiencing. Now, I don't think I've come to a full realization of that, but I've definitely well, gotten distance. Yeah, from. you're beginning to get some distance from it. Yeah, okay, so congratulations. You're not so wired into that. But this is the beginning of the teaching of the Buddha about Patichitamupada, because all of these five aggregates are actually five of the 12. They really are. They're five of the 12 of the uh, uh, Patichitamupada. So if we can get these five down wired, then we'll understand what is the process that brings up the self because the self is not any one of the five aggregates but when they're put together in the wrong way a self is the product just like transportation is the product of a car but all the car parts won't get you anywhere until the car is put together cool. and then you can drive it right into a tree <laughs> okay all right so when we understand that I am not the body and I'm not the feelings, then we can work on the things that are a little bit more complicated to see. And one of them is, is that many people think that they are, in fact, a sum total of all their memories. And that's pretty close. Who I am is the sum total of all the lies I've ever been told. The only thing I am is a poor child's reaction and warfare against society. That's who I am. I'd say a, a large, what I've started to see is a large part of who I am is uh, just patterns, patterns and habits. 
patterns and habits of the old past, precisely. And where did you develop those habits? The past. <laughs> Way back in the past, exactly so. That's what the Sankara is, is the sum total collection of all the stuff. And a lot of us identify as, oh, that's who I am. I'm the sum total of everything that's happened to me up until now. But then we can what we bust that right apart when we come to the point of saying, yeah, but I remember when I was three years old. Or I remember when I was five years old. I don't no, that's a different really person. remember much, but yeah. Or when you were 10, certainly you remember when you were 10. Mm-hmm. Fourth grade. Yep. Yeah, so you do remember, but we remember it in the sense of I remember when my bad sorry <laughs> remember in the sense of i remember when i was 10 years old as if the me that's here now is the same me that it was then without yeah. giving credit to all of the events that happened that piled on that sense of me yeah and when we recognize all oh, the past is just the past some of it's useful, some of it's not, but none of it is me. I'm not that person anymore. This is really something that uh, comes valuable when we begin to forgive ourselves. Because as our who we are now, or let us say a new set of standards, and we look back in the past and we see a person back then who is in the memories not living up to today's standards, and now we feel bad now because we remorse and regret about something that we knew then was wrong and we stopped doing it then. And yet we're still going to have remorse and regret about it and whence now, just with the thought, rather than having the thought, wow, I'm glad I don't do that anymore. So in a way, again, we're looking at the fact of things change and we're not seeing that change or we're not seeing what's not there. I just thought of something when you said people say like when I was 10, I remember when I was 10. I feel like I like for a second and even right now, like see beyond the veil, there's like a veil that's covering the eye that I'm ignoring. And what mm-hmm. that veil is, is that all there is, is just an eye. Like there's no, there's no, like, you're right. There is no account for all those years and all those moments. It's just like, I speaks as if like how I am in the present is how I was when I was 10. And we're like, the, like, it's the same, but there's <laughs> not no, at all. <laughs> there's no way that could be the same. Because <laughs> when I was in fourth, I just said again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I don't know. I just like I saw something there. I saw something there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what this teaching is about: is to get us to unhook from our old ways of looking at things and begin to look at that past is not me. Wow. Well, man, that would be 
That would be marvelous if I could really see that. That would be life changing. Take a look. <laughs> Take a look with wisdom eyes and you'll begin to recognize those are just a pile of old memories. And they got us to this point where we are now. But they're not me. Just a set of events, a set of memories. I saw, and not only that, but memory's not even that good. We have a whole lot of trouble with memory. One of the problems with memory is we don't understand things when they happen. Little kids, when they see mommy and daddy fight, that kid doesn't understand what's going on at all. All he feels is fear. There's an interpretation. So, top of mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. And so uh, our in, uh, initial input is often clouded and wrong. We store it haphazardly. And sometimes it gets uh, confused with something else that happened. And now we think that it was Uncle Billy that was fighting with mom rather than daddy. Or other things like this to make us feel better. And then we don't remember things when we pull it out. So we have problems with the initial storage. We have a problem with the record keeping and we have the problem with uh, um, uh, uh, reading that data or bringing it out. So memory's got some problems. And it's better when we see those is to recognize, yeah, but that's just human memory. That's not me and my memory. Why do I keep forgetting things? Could we all forget a bunch of stuff? Oftentimes we forget almost always we forget the good stuff. And remember the dangerous stuff because of the self-preservation instincts trying to keep us alive. So we want to remember and keep track of all the dangerous things and all the really good times. We forget all about them. Here's an example of that. Little Billy is writing on the wall with crayons and he's doing a pretty nice art job. Mom comes into the room and she could either have the thought, I've got a buddy Picasso on my, my, uh, 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 on my hands here with this kid. Or she can have the thought, oh, no, the landlord's going to make me pay for the painting of this wall. Which thought is she more likely going to have? Sorry, Domerado, I tuned out a little bit. Can you say it again? Okay. All right. The child is there drawing with crayons a beautiful little scene on his, the white wall of his bedroom. Mommy comes in. And she uh, could either have the thought of, wow, we've got a little Picasso on our hands, or we, she could have the thought, oh, no, the landlord will make me pay for the painting of this wall. Which thought is she more likely going to have? The second one. All right. And what is she now going to do with the child? Reprimand him, probably. All right, so if he remembers this incident, is he going to remember how beautiful the artwork was, or is he going to remember mom got all over me? He's going to remember, he's going to associate it with being bad. He's going to remember ah. mom got all over him, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's the way that the human mind works. It's there to protect us, to keep us safe. And so we wind up storing a whole bunch of garbage. Mm -hmm. When naturally we're just not out riding on the neighbor's walls. 
some people actually like doing that. <laughs> it's called art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the the point is, is that that proves then uh, by that logical deduction that many things happen to where we don't store the good part, we store the bad. Because as bad is useful and the, and the, uh, the, the valuable good and wholesome is not important. Is the bad really useful, though? Well, that's the way we were wired way back in ancient times. Mm. And we haven't gotten over that. Humanity hasn't really grown up to be human yet. They've got the equipment, but they don't know how to do it. They don't have the skills to actually put this human brain in proper alignment. But we're working on it right here on Skype, one at a time. <laughs> All right, so now we've got three out of the five. You're not the feelings, you're not the body, and you're not any of your memories. You're, uh, and uh, let's use the next one. Okay, the, uh, the next one we talk about is perception. Because that was fairly easy to understand that the human brain, the human mind, sees things processes them and comes up with a conclusion and that you are not that processor you are not the cpu you're not the one who takes data out of the hard drive and figures out what's going on and then puts out the result that's not who you are all right so you're not the hard drive storage but now let's think of with the, 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 the computer, you're also not the keyboard clicks of this present moment. You are not, in fact, consciousness itself. And this is the one where the most people become confused. Is you are not consciousness. Now, in fact, Christianity believes that it's the consciousness. It's the knowing that I know is what's going to be reborn. So when I wake up in the next lifetime, I will know that this is me rather than, oh no, consciousness is just all over the place. It comes and it goes, it's up and it's down. Sometimes you're conscious, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're conscious of the eyes and then you're not because you're conscious of the ears and then you're not because you're conscious of the itch on your finger. And sometimes you're not conscious of much of anything because the old mind is just spinning and they're not really paying much attention to what the thoughts are. And so when we recognize that consciousness, like perception, like memory, comes and goes, at least the body stays around long enough for people to get confused. Am I this body? But, but consciousness is just in and out. It flitters in and out, back and forth. And if we start consciously building the skill of paying more and more attention to the fact that we're paying attention, spending more and more time of being in consciousness and knowing that this is consciousness, that's in fact what makes it so wonderful is because we know that we know it. And that basic knowing then the ability to know is what consciousness is, but it's temporary. And it's up and down. And if it were permanent, only because it be permanent, then it could be a me. But you see, this me that we have an idea of uh, is kind of elusive in the way that we only think of me as me 
when we think of it and we think that the thought of me is me. Like Descartes had this, the line, um, I think, therefore I am. You've ever, you've probably heard that. He read it in Latin. Uh, I forgot yeah. the exact. But the point is, is that he's wrong. A better thing to say is, I think, therefore I think I am. Because that's really what's going on, is, is that the, that, um, the me is not any one of the five aggregates. The me is the result of consciousness and memory and perception and feelings and the body. And we can get confused about any of them as being me, where in fact the, the, the me that is me in the moment is just a thought that's the result of the combination of the workings of the five aggregates. Just like transportation is the uh, product of the automobile when all the fe features and functions of the car are combined together. Right. So the me is a culmination of a combination, right? You'd just say any any one or f any combination of one or the are the all five together of memories, feelings, consciousness, um, perception, and then a body. Mm -hmm. So it exactly. could just be the feelings in that moment. I I could say, oh, I, I, a thought, I could notice a thought. I, I'm angry. That right there is the me mm -hmm. going into, brought into existence. How about my thoughts? I have a thought. My thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We cling to thoughts as me. We cling to feelings as me. My thoughts, my feelings, my Interesting. Attitude. I would say when 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 you hear my thoughts, you you think like the what is what is the my that's being pointed to when you say my thoughts? And I think the my that's being pointed to when you say my thoughts is is consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right, but see, that's the point is, is that you've never investigated it before. You're just going around with the idea of my thoughts rather than know there is something else, perhaps consciousness, that is conscious of this thought. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is, is that I am not the thought. I'm the one who sees the thought. Except that that comes and goes, and that I is not permanent. <clears throat> so that's the way to look at the five aggregates. There's no self in there anywhere, but a self will arise upon, uh, let us say, a particular kind of processing that is done with these five aggregates. Without the five aggregates, you could not have a self, but any one of those five aggregates is not the self. Which means that, that any self that does exist just arises and then passes away based upon conditions. That is not a permanent entity.
You'd be surprised at how important that teaching is because if people have the idea that they're a permanent entity like Christianity teaches, who are you to be good? Only God is good. You've got an original sin there, kid. You're broken. Isn't that your teaching? That you need a plastic Jesus on the dashboard of your truck in order to not hit that tree. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are taught that we are permanent, everlasting. The language is set up for it in the sense of the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. A leopard can't change his spots. Boys will be boys. Oh, she's just being Kathy. You know, that is the kind of language that we have that indicates that people don't and can't or are unwilling to change. And the teachings of the Buddha, the first thing that we've got on the list, Tadicha, everything is constantly changing. Well, if I'm if everything is changing, how about me too? This, the I, the me inside, can change. Then, in fact, it's up and down and back and forth. It's there and it's not there. It's actually constantly changing anyway. Well, if it's constantly changing, why don't we put some right effort in it to get it to go into a place that's useful, valuable, and wholesome rather than let it be all over the place? I am angry. I am afraid. I got to paint my face. I got to put on these clothes. I got to do this. I got to do that because this is who I am. And then I imagine at some point you let go of that, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. You don't have to follow anybody's rules as an I, me, or mine. That's why Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa talks about it in the sense is nothing is worth clinging to is I, me, and mine. So now are we... Little, oh, go ahead. Now, the little old naughty Dhamma dude will, will go in there with the joke about... That means that nothing is worth clinging to. I got it. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, I got it. Um, Nothing is worth clinging to as I, me, or mine. So if we cling to nothing then where is the I, me, or mind that's doing the clinging? Yeah, and, I and then I imagine it's just the thing is, is like I've, in my experience within the past two years, what I've noticed is if, if it's something that you can observe, right? Even if it's an experience, no matter how subtle it is, eventually that, it must be let go of too, Right. Because it's not, it's not complete. Well, freedom. every toy gets old. Every yeah. toy, every toy. Yeah, so, let's move on. So, so nothing, the nothingness will get let go of too. Because if you can perceive nothing, well, it's not truly ah, nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted to just say like. Um, when, I, when I was, were you going to bring this back to the shallot? Were you going to bring this back to the cooking? I thought you were going to say you were going to tie it together. No, I don't have any way of doing that other than I am not to shallot and neither are you. <laughs> um, you're not the knife, you're not the shallot, and you're not the meal that's being cooked. And so if you wind up cooking food that's not delicious and nobody likes it and even wants to throw it at you, it's still not you that cooked the food. Yeah. 
And therefore, it's not your food that they're throwing at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's not you that's being hit with the food. It's just this body. Yeah. I I just enjoy cooking food, though. I mean, yes, and then you don't. And then you do, and then you don't. Sometimes you enjoy the cooking of the food, and sometimes you really hate it while you're I, doing it. <laughs> I noticed that, actually, tonight. I was like, wow, I don't enjoy cooking as much as I say I do. It, yeah, that's right. It's like the, the permanence, right? Oh, I love cooking. Well, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just want to get something off my chest. What I want to say is that I've I've had such great success. I've had such great like congratulations, great wholesome feelings past few days, past week, past almost two weeks now. Um and I really feel like that that uh there's the feeling, but I really feel like the combination really? of you know my girlfriend coming home 30 minutes late and then the dinner just like it really got it really got to me. Like I feel like I'm I'm uh, I'm going backwards, but I know that's all. That's just another thought. I can see that one too, and that one too, right? But I just wanted to share that with you and see if you had anything else you can offer me, because I don't want to. Yes, I do. I don't want to lose I this. I have a game for you to play. Okay. The game comes from uh the. The ritual of baby showers. Being a guy, you've probably never been to a baby shower. Do you know what a baby shower is? Yeah. Okay. Oh, actually, I have been to a baby shower with my girlfriend once. Okay, right. Sometimes guys go, but normally it's um, uh, bringing gifts to the mother to help her take care of her tender young infant either immediately before or immediately after the birth. And that it's a great big party because all the women in there are just so overjoyed. Why are they so overjoyed at having another baby? It's built into our genes. It's part of us passing our heritage on to the next generation. And they take great joy in it. One of the games they play, and it is a hilarious game there, and that is, is that um, uh, there is a word that is to not be used. And if anyone says the word, they are punished, punished with gales of laughter. And that word is baby. At the baby shower, you cannot use the word baby. So you have to change it to the word shower and especially everybody to know that you meant baby shower. And it goes on and on. And now the whole point is, is that everyone there is there to celebrate the baby and you can't even say the word baby. And here they are talking about the baby, but they can't use the word baby. And then they get all excited, and one of them will say, baby, and all the other girls will howl with laughter. Aha, we saw you catch it. We may, in fact, have a booby prize at the end that the one who said the baby the least or the one who said it the most has to do something or another to make the game interesting. Okay? So you get it. You know this game. You've understood now it. Do. Right? Yeah. Now you do. Okay, you can't use the word baby. All right. 
We're going to change that for the Dhamma dude and say that we can't use the word baby either. What baby word are we talking about? Me and mine and I. Okay. So you start not using those words. You start taking them out of your vocabulary intentionally. And okay. also over time, that means you begin to take self-referentials out of it. But in fact, as you'll notice, in these conversations, very seldomly is the one who is speaking ever referred to. Normally, it's the other side or it's the Dhamma. Only when people are asking particular questions will they get particular answers. But normally, we're not here to talk about some old fat man. See what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Notice how much I've conveyed and I haven't used any of those words, I, me, or my. So this is the way then it becomes a game to play. Can you avoid using those words? And when you do, play like you're in the baby shower and just say, oh, I see, <laughs> I see the eye too. I see, I see, I see, I see, I, 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 I see. <laughs> okay, so this is the way to begin to play is recognize that when you do make references to yourself talking about uh, whatever you're talking about with anyone or even to yourself, start seeing the, the deep habits that we have in our concepts that always come back to using uh, first-person pronouns. Okay. I'm a, I'm a little hesitant it about... It is one of the most difficult games to learn to play. That's why I don't give it out much. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Wait, is this is this mean like I can I can never say I again? No, I'm saying that when you do, you break out in peals of laughter because no. you call yourself doing it. I mean, after the game, because like I've talked to Dan Goldfield, and I'm I'm pretty sure he says. I told him this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's also further along than me on the path for sure. Okay. Well, we'll give him congratulations for that. But you asked for uh, uh, a tool. Okay. So I'm giving you a biggie. <laughs> I am. I, 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 I'm giving you a biggie. <laughs> I just, um, I, okay. You think this is going to help with, um, waking you up? Yes. If you can wake up into peals of laughter every time you reference I, me, mine. Okay. But if you make it a rule, you feel bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the part of aha, I caught you. Now and we're going to a different level because there's mm -hmm. a lot of I me's and my's in language. So what about when I'm just like sitting here 
or I'm cooking. I'm, I, wait a minute. What about just sitting? <laughs> All right. So what about just sitting here or cooking? And then there's a thought. I'm scared or mm -hmm. I'm afraid. Right. And, and, and but a better I, thought would be there is fear. I understand what I'm saying is when I see it, though, when it's seen. <laughs> there you go. We're playing the game. <laughs> when it's seen. Do I. <laughs> is there laughing that's supposed to happen then, too? If, if you're if you're joyful enough to enjoy your own mistakes, okay. then you'll see them often. And then and give yourself um, big barrel lap and then imagining time. imagining what's going to happen eventually is you'll recognize one thing that you're not in control of your own mind you never were yeah you thought the, it was yours all along and the thoughts will turn into there's just this there's just this there's just this there's just that there's just and this thought, there's that feeling, there's this thought, mm -hmm. that feeling. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it, we begin to substitute. One of the substitutions would be Skype calls rather than calling. <laughs> <laughs> or we could use the word here. Like send it here. Rather just, than send I'm, it to. I'm just going to say, I'm going to send. <laughs> there's going to be two words sent. <laughs> and it's going to say, can talk? Question mark. <laughs> that gets the point across. That's one of the differences between the Thai language and the e uh, and English is because in a way Thai culture has been playing this game so long that it's built into the language now. Mm. Mm. So it almost rarely is there any self-referential and all of the things the way that Thai is spoken is assumed who you're talking uh, about. Now, imagining that it's probably not the case that all Thai people, or even the majority, or even more than a select few of Thai people, have uh, gone very far on the path. And even though they don't use uh, you and I, mm -hmm. they still relate to if other that's been People. If that's been happening over time, you can see that the language that's there, these kind of words drop out. Like, for instance, there are words like ton and dechan. Uh, the word kun is used both as a title and um, as the word you. But it's not just used as the word you. We could say uh uh, Kun Tai, Chow Kun, and then I would say uh, uh, Pinai Ma Kun, which would mean where did you go? But it's not the kind of word that we would have in English. In other words, there's no pronouns. Now, there's actually one 
That's an old one that Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa uses because it actually shocks the people when he uses the word, and that is goo. Goo is actually a word for me, but it's not used in the language. It's only used like in an argument or when someone's really, really angry. Like, you hurt me. Right? But otherwise, we... Uh, the the type people get along with uh, not putting the pronouns in place. The language doesn't necessarily need them. People have gotten used to. So when in English you say go to town, Westerners will try to figure out who's go to town. In the Thai language, it's already built into the language. So I can say uh, uh, Pai Kanak, that would be go out. Pai Kanak, go out, would be then subject to who are the people getting prepared to go out? Or if you put a question particle on it, that means that you know which reference. Like Pai Kanak Mai would be the question going out. And it, it refers without saying these pronouns. I guess the, the only point that um, was being made <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I feel, oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I've, um, um, this game keeps one's to one on their toes. The point being really made pay was attention that to Thai what people say. Yeah, the point being made was that just because they don't use the pronouns doesn't mean that they don't relate to themselves and each other as pronouns, as a permanent self. Yes and no. That was and, the point about it. Unless they, those. Mm -hmm. Yes and no. Some sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes each one does, and sometimes each one don't. Okay. So within English, there is no choice but to take on an I, me, or my. Okay. So the question that's coming up now <laughs> is um, there, <laughs> there is some difficulty in sustaining the wholesome right now who cares who cares yeah who cares isn't that the whole point well no the whole point is pick yourself up dump yourself off and put you on down the path we're not trying to never fall down we're building the skills of being able to get up yeah. If you never fall down, you won't even know how to get up. Then when you fall down, you're in a real mess because you don't even know how to get up. And a lot of people are like that. They call it depression and suicide. So but you're getting to the point that it doesn't matter how badly you fall down, you back you know that you can get back up. So don't okay. worry about falling down. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen a lot. The more you see, 
the more you recognize it, well, there I go again. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just there the eye goes again is a better way to say it. <laughs> I, I'm I want to come out of the game for a minute, okay? Because um, it's too much work. <laughs> yeah, it it is. <laughs> Which means now you don't want to think. I got you. <laughs> well, it's that, and I just I wanted to say that. Um, um, if I'm still learning how to like pick myself back up and you know sustain the wholesome, and 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 you know knowing that my driver or the driver is being perfect, do you think that's like gonna be a really useful game for me? Because I feel like it's just gonna make me, um, I'm just gonna obsess over it. I don't have to make it perfect. And you don't have to even obsess obsess over. I don't have to make it perfect. I am a happy screw up, not a perfect screw up. Okay. Okay. All right. So you you, you're pretty you're pretty persistent. I should I should not should, but I (laughs) you're, you're recommending me to keep doing this this practice. Okay. It's the only practice the Buddha gave out. Why do you? Why did you say that you don't share this with many other students? Oh, the game of I. Yeah. Because they're not ready for it, or I forget about it, or it's not on the schedule, or nobody brought it up. But you did, and so you got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Two other things. With my girlfriend, when I have conversations with the girlfriend, <laughs> with Abby. <laughs> Can I say things like I with her, like especially like I love you and things like that? This is your game. I'm giving you a gift. I'm not worried about how you're going to tinker with it. Okay. All right. The gift is given. The tinkering is no longer responsibly held here. Okay. All right. Um, the other thing I wanted to say. That's up to you. Then, in fact, what you can say is that you can actually intentionally flip the switch. With the intention of keeping the switch on guard rather than uh, relaxing because it's too much work. Not following. Uh, yes. You can go into the conversation with her with the intention of, I'm not going to bother hearing the eyes. I'm just going to speak naturally for a while. And while you're in that conversation, you'll still catch yourself using the word I, and you can get a big belly laugh then too. Don't cheat yourself out of the belly laughs of seeing you use the word. Okay. Even if you're using it intentionally, like I, 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 I have done <laughs> in this conversation. And it could be a mental laugh, too, right? It could be yes, like, exactly. Uh, could be like, ah. Yeah, you uh, could be selfish and keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, the other thing. Um, the other thing that was going to be said <laughs> is. I know. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, there you go. That's why the game is so much fun. <laughs> it's, it's not that. It's not that much fun yet. But well, 
that's a skill to be developed. Yeah, it'll it'll develop. It'll develop. Um, and you can pay attention to your language that way. Yeah. What was noticed today is that there, when when things get really good, okay, when when things start to feel really good, and there's really great feelings, things feel great. There is a craving. I've uh, <laughs> there's a craving before it even came out. You caught it. There's a craving that's noticed that says more, more of this, more of this, but also don't want to lose this. More of this, but don't want to lose this. <laughs> and then there's this insistence on no, this is good enough, but. Uh-huh. So the That's longing sometimes a little tricky. Notice the longing the itself because it's the same longing. Oh, I want to keep this. Oh, I want more. It's just two longing thoughts. And then also, this is good enough. There's longing mm-hmm. for this to just be good enough, too. Uh huh. Until when it really is good enough, then you don't long for it anymore because right. it actually is good enough. Right. So. Notice then the longing because the I, me's, and minds are all about that one who does the longing. So what about now? Like, because I've been using this image. Oh, <laughs> um, this imagery has been used to kind of uh, um, replace the unwholesome with the wholesome, right? But a lot of times, the unwholesome is noticed as an I thought or an I feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid, I'm scared, or I was arrogant, or I think I'm better than that. Like Those are the kind of unwholesome thoughts that cycle, that are cyclical throughout the day. And I will you know, use the jet stream image and then pull the dukkha mm-hmm. close and then hug the dukkha. Or, okay, yep. yes. And then take a deep and, breath. Enjoy okay, that. I know all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, how to continue to do that if, I, I don't know, maybe maybe this game will allow that unwholesome thought or feeling to, to change its structure altogether. Yeah. Because, because you're paying attention to the words that you're thinking in this is this is i feel like you, <laughs> there it is. Uh, there's a there's a feeling that you ah never mind a, <laughs> there's a feeling uh that this is gonna be difficult ah yes that is, that is seen if that if that's an attitude and I didn't call, I didn't give you a new job to do or a chore or something that was needed or necessary. I gave you a toy to play with. Toy to play with. Okay. And some toys are extremely, extremely complicated toys to, to take apart, figure <laughs> out what's going on in there. <laughs> it was a Rubik's Cube that yes. was given. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. So, 
Think of it as a toy. Yeah. What is that toy? Don't say baby at a baby shower. So when there's enjoyment, okay, when there's enjoyment um, and the wholesome and it thinks they're feeling good. Uh, don't know. Don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't the, matter. The truth is, this the truth is, it's together. The this truth is, it just doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel too good right now. It doesn't feel too, um, there's not as, there's not as much of a conviction in the experience of feeling and thought that there has been while sustaining the wholesome past few days. It's a bit more, um, uh, don't know if this can be done. To the sustain same, the same mouth that uses the word I is the same mouth that doesn't. Therefore, you do have a choice about what words you're going to use. You do. Oh, no, you, don't ha you do not have the confidence. And playing with this game will give you that confidence. That's that not... you can pay attention to the language that you're using and you can give yourself great joy. Okay. And that is only hard work when you go back into that old habit. And when you see that old habit, you can have a barrel of, of laughter then too. This is really interesting. I uh... <laughs> <laughs> see you're catching the game. That's excellent. <laughs> I, um, I think I, the, oh. <laughs> English language has a lot of noise words. Yeah. What is being, this is actually, this is really cool. This is going to change the way, um, change the way of written words, I think, too. Um, That's a oh. good place to practice it. That is a good place to practice it. Okay. Practice going back, reading what's been written, and, and notice the eyes where that are in there. Okay, so what is, is being reverted. seen? What is being seen now is that this is going to culminate in more naturally um, grown moments of joy because there is a insistent detachment to the structure of the being language. the eye that holds together and is derived from all of those feelings thoughts mm -hmm. memories etc so and we have been taught that they are mine yeah so, and it's built right into our language. And so um, becoming aware of that is a joyful mind blower. Yeah. Yeah. So really so looking forward. Fun, 
<laughs> yeah, really looking forward now, actually, to seeing how easy it is to just to just be. Just to be. Just to be. That's In it. The moment. Just it. enjoy. We'll go play with that. I'm going to go shake of... some things up. I, I have no idea mm -hmm. what's going to happen, but that's all right. That's okay. And, and you, you know, can handle it. You can you know handle it. You that's know a, you can do this. That's a congratulations. That's a victory. Proud. Ah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll continue with our talk about the Petite Samapada at another time. Okay. Today, we've talked about the five aggregates ending with I, me, or mine. And so we're going to start paying attention to that. Okay. Uh, Going to include my girlfriend in on the game because I think she'll find it fun. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's a fun game. Being at a baby shower is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much, Zamorado. Much love, my friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Much love, <No> friend. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. bye, -bye. <laughs>